Amen. Don't you appreciate his grace today? Amen. No doubt we've lost a lot of friends in life, a lot of friends that we thought would stick by us through the thick and thin. Uh, some of them left through the thick, some of them left through the thin. But there's one thing about it, Jesus will never leave you or forsake you. We've left him and forsook him and uh, no doubt we've failed him so many, many times. But I'm so grateful that he is, he is faithful and true. I greet you today in the name of the Lord. Certainly so happy to see everybody here at the gate in the house of God. Uh, amen. We certainly long for the opportunity and the privilege where we can all be gathered together again. Amen. amen. Just a little testimony I want to share with you before we read today. Update from Brother um, Gene Lehman. Um, he was wide awake, um, more alert yesterday. His pneumonia looks better on the x-rays. Physical therapy and special speech therapy will be working with him on Monday. It's not bad for a man they said wouldn't live. Started some short breathing sessions and did great. God is moving. He is one of Happy Valley's miracles. Amen. Brother Louie already mentioned it, but we want to say we appreciate you praying for Liz. She had some uh, tests done and certainly concerning things as far as what it looked like. But the Lord Jesus in his mercy moved for her and we so appreciate that with all of our hearts. Thank you for praying for her and praying for us as a family. And how it is whenever you hear of this person out here and that person out there and that person going through this and that and the other thing. Poor things, poor things. But when it's your family, you think, oh my goodness, oh no, oh no. Don't you understand why he had to become one of us? He wanted to feel that. Oh no, oh no, that's my family, that's my bride. I'm so glad it did. Amen. 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 So appreciate you praying for us and remembering us on that need. Let's turn together today, if you would, to the book of Hebrews again, chapter 12, verse 22. This is the very reason that we're able to stand here today, because we've been reconciled, because our master was willing to empty out everything that he was in order to become us. It's one thing for a great person to step down and be able to acknowledge you and speak to you. And people just think it's marvelous, you know, if a great person will do something like that. There has never been and never will be such a display of greatness expressed as our Lord did. And he brought us from the hog lot of where we were until this right here. But ye are come unto Mount Zion and into the city of the living God. Now you know Jerusalem is called the city of David. So we went beyond that. We're not just talking about the city of David. But the city of the living God. The heavenly Jerusalem. To an innumerable company of angels. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn. Notice that word is not plural. Firstborns but first born. Do you understand if you've got the Holy Ghost today, you're standing exactly the same place that Peter stood on the day of Pentecost because there are no firstborns. It's firstborn. 
so we all get the same right, same privilege, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. How many would like to be remembered today as we pray? God bless you. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for the opportunity, Father, that's been given to us, that we can assemble ourselves together again. We've already sensed your presence and the singing and the worship and how wonderful it was. Now we come to this portion of the service, which the prophet has taught us is the most important part. Those other parts lead up to this. Then, Father, I realize it's a, it's a nervous, uh, tense position for a true minister to stand in, to realize that he will answer to God for that which he says. Well, Father, I pray that you would help me. I would never put any twist or any turn upon the word, Lord, that would ever take it away from its original meaning and its original purpose for which it's sent forth. Help me, God, that I can get out of the way. Lord Jesus, may you speak to us today. Our needs are many. We say that often, but Lord, your manifestations are greater. We thank you for the testimonies that we've heard today. Lord, we just pray that you'd help us now. Speak to our hearts. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we ask it. And the church said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. So for us that are born again today, our souls are the firstborn, and our body will be secondborn. Paul says it this way in Galatians 4.22, for it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid and the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. But he of the free woman was by promise. Amen. Now we know that God many, many times in the Old Testament chose to pick shadows and parables and even colors by which he would do. God didn't tell Moses, now, whenever you go to make the priest ephod, uh, whenever you go to make the linen garment, when you go to make the robe, just pick whatever color you want. It don't really matter. Just pick whatever color you want. If you want pink, purple, blue, polka dot, don't really matter. No, God was very, very particular because each color had a significant reflection of what God wanted it to be. So there to wherever a riband is called, R-I-B-B-A-N-D, a riband of blue. And they're to wear scarlet in certain times. And the ram skins is supposed to be dyed scarlet. And all these are very, very expensive dyes, only available from the coccycelius, which is a little tiny, tiny, small uh, bug. And it lays one to two eggs, and they pull that out of there. A lot of labor went into doing this. But why didn't God accept something that was more readily available? Because God don't accept what we want him to have. He gives a decree, and then he expects us to carry it out, right? So this is why God chose in his own way 
to reveal himself, and as we looked at it last time, in allegories and parables and stories, instead of coming right out and saying it plain. So Paul picks up this allegory here in Galatians 4, and he's likening Isaac and Ishmael not only to the Arab people and the Israelis or the Jews, but he also brings it into the New Testament, how that there is a covenant by which the flesh and the spirit man are at war against one another. Anybody that's born again today knows what that war is all about. Notice this in Genesis chapter 21, verse 8. Now here is after that Ishmael is now 17 years old, and Isaac is three years old. Now it's a little bit different for us today because the average by which they would wean the children in this time frame was about three years old. And it was a custom that they would give a feast. So they would call all the people together and they would actually throw a a feast at the time that this child was weaned. Now it was a sign of going from a place of immaturity and of course just three years old, he's certainly not a man yet, but it was a great sign. They would do the same thing around 12 or 13. And now here, watch how what happens in this setting. And the child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. So literally in the day that Isaac was weaned, there was a great feast time that took place. Now, no doubt Isaac had been eating a little bit of table food up so far, but this, after this day, he will no longer be able to drink the milk from his mother's breast. It is a significant sign that he's changed. Will he stop drinking milk altogether? No, but it will be a different channel by which he will get the milk. Now, again, God runs the parallel of us uh, where we grow up and we mature in him. Now, what a setting this is. So you've got a 17-year-old young man and you've got a three-year-old child. Now, the setting, again, is that which is going to parallel your flesh and your soul. It's going to parallel two different types of people. It's going to parallel all of those that are the side of Ishmael and all of those that are the side of Isaac. It's going to be the war that is still ongoing to this very day among them peoples. And both of them claim Abraham to be their father and they are right. So here we got a 17 year old and we've got a three year old. Now let's run this parable here of Hebrews chapter five, verse 12. For when the time you ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Now watch Paul as he's taking those that really the Hebrew Christians ought to have been more mature. And they ought to have been to a spot to where they could not only feed on the meat of the word, but be able to discuss it and talk about it. And actually he's going to shame them a little bit because he says, really, you all, as far as your age in God, as far as the length of time that you've been around, you should be a farther along than what you are. You should be eating meat. You should be able to talk about the deep things of God. But in reality, you've got need to be taught yourself. And he says, instead of you all eating meat, you're back to drinking milk 
again. Now watch this. Everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is obeyed. Now what does God want to do? God wants to throw a seven-sealed feast for those who are capable to eat the meat of the word. Yet, for it's sad to say, but for many around the message, they still also are drinking milk. And they're trying to figure out if Brother Branham's gonna come back or who's gonna be the main big shot around the message. Well, you're a baby, that's all you are. If that's as far as you've gone. And yet they wanna debate and argue and fuss and they're still trying to take up our time and still trying to get those of us who believe the message of the hour, they wanna debate whether or not Brother Branham was a prophet. Well, is that as far as you are? You're still sucking on a bottle and you're still in diapers. That's right. But for those of us that are convinced this message was sent from God, I really am not gonna take my time to try to argue and debate with those who wanna say, well, was Brother Branham a prophet of God or not? The truth of it is when you get done debating, they'll believe the same thing they believe and you'll believe the same thing you believe. So why should I waste my time with that in the first place? But I want you to notice the word that Paul uses here. The key word in verse 13 is not actually milk but everyone that uses, and it's the way the word milk is actually applied. So it's not a shame to drink milk for those of you who like it, and those of you, maybe many of you have been drinking it all your life, and it's your favorite drink. Well, so be it, you can have yours and mine too, because I really don't care for it. Mama said I didn't like it whenever I was a baby, and I sure don't when I'm a 64-year-old man. Okay, so you can have your milk and my milk. That's all right. But now when it comes to the spiritual aspect of it, there's nothing wrong even with taking milk occasion when God will give it because there's times that people in the congregation may be going through a cycle in their life and they need a lot of milk. So there's nothing wrong with those of you who are not on a milk diet by being able to take a little milk with your meat. Amen. And it shows that you're a flexible Christian, that you're one that don't have to have the meat all the time. If there's a brother and sister there that needs a little milk, you can drink milk with them and say, praise the Lord, I'm glad they got it. But whenever you use milk, now here is the form by which you are gaining the majority of your sustenance. Now when you are doing that, and you should be more mature, then actually it's a shame that you're where you are. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Now Paul is showing them those who are constantly using milk, this is the staple of their diet. It shows that they're not very secure in the promise of the word of God. And they really still identifies them as a baby. So if you're still sucking a bottle today and you're a 50 year old man, well naturally or spiritually, I hate to be the one to tell you, but you need to grow up. So Paul, now watch, let's keep this in mind with Isaac. So Isaac is a three-year-old and he's been nursing and, and you know, all of that was appropriate and the right time. But on this particular day, Abraham threw a feast. It was the time that Isaac is going to be weaned. So now Isaac is no longer sitting there at the table with a bottle in his hand. He's not sitting there with his mother's breast, but he's actually moved up to where he's gonna eat everything that he eats from this 
point on for his sustenance will be from the table and not from the bottle. Now this causes quite a turmoil. Now, we have no record whatsoever in the scripture or historically that I've been able to find that Ishmael ever brought happiness to the home of Abraham or that he brought deep laughter to the home. Now, apparently he was a pretty obedient sort of a fellow because the Bible makes no remarks of his stubbornness or his disobedience, but really whenever Isaac became weaned, it brought out the rebellion that was in Ishmael. Praise the Lord. Now watch this, so the cycle of one growing up and becoming more mature bothers the other one. And it will cause the other one to go to revolting against that one. Now, you know, of course, Isaac's name meant laughter. So he is jealous in that which he cannot partake of. Now, Ishmael, because this is the day of Isaac's uh, great time, uh, just three years old, but to them, it was a great thing. Now, I hope you understand that to this very day, among these people, they still do the very same thing. When a child is weaned, it is a great big deal. Probably most of us don't remember what day ours were weaned because our thinking is totally different. And this was a time of happiness. It was a time of feasting. It was a time of rejoicing, as we would say, but yet it depends on who you are. Now, for Abraham, for Sarah, for little Isaac, as well as he could understand it, and for those loyal ones that were following the message under Abraham's guidance and counsel, it was a great day. But for those who said they believed, but really were not heirs by the promise, we see them reacting in a total different way. Now I'm talking about Ishmael and Hagar. What brought a cycle of laughter to Abraham and his household is now bringing mocking and rebellion to Ishmael. Praise the Lord. Now keep your flesh in mind. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had borne unto Abraham. Mocking. Now this is a time of rejoicing. This is a time of happiness. This is a time when it's a sign that Isaac is growing and maturing. So it wasn't enough just to get saved by faith through grace, but he had to grow. And notice whenever, the Bible doesn't say anything about this taking place whenever he was born. It doesn't say anything about this taking place when he was a year old, or a year and a half old, or two years old when they had his two-year-old birthday party. It doesn't say anything about this and little achievements that he might have said when he said daddy or mama or whatever more. Isn't it amazing whenever he comes to the spot where he's changing cycles in his life and he's moving up a step higher that the flesh goes to raising up. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had born unto Abraham. Now notice what he was doing, mocking. The Hebrew word here is to laugh or to jest, to sport, to make sport or toy with, to make a toy of. 
So the soul loves to take to profession of God's word and believe God's word. And as it grows and matures and it becomes more revelated in that soul, oh, it brings such joy and such peace and such happiness and such maturity and it'll confess God's word when it don't even feel it. It'll say God's right when it don't even understand it. But isn't it amazing that the Ishmael, the flesh, will ridicule the soul. Now don't tell me yours hasn't done it. How many times has your body, your flesh, your carnal nature, laugh at your own profession in God's word? By stripes I'm healed and your flesh say, I sure don't feel healed. You're, you, you shut up, you're gonna get better. I feel worse today than I felt yesterday. What's going on? Your Ishmael is mocking your Isaac. Now the very sign that you take God at his word and that you've grown and matured to where you can look at those things that are not and declare they are as though they were. And you will look at those things which are, which are symptoms and all those sort of things, and you will look at them and say, they are lying vanities. But do they feel like lying vanities? When your head is about to bust because of a headache or your bills is due and you've got your second notice and your third notice, does that look like a lying vanity? Does it look like a lying vanity that your son or your daughter or your husband or your wife is worse than they've ever been? Well, maybe not by, by looking at it in the natural sense, but by faith you say, I don't care how bad it gets, God's gonna bring them in. But you see, your Ishmael will look at the natural and say, are you sure? Don't you embarrass me now. Don't you confess it. But what if I don't get healed? What if this don't happen? What if that don't happen? I can't believe you'd say that. I can't believe you'd post this on Facebook that you're healed by his stripes. You're delivered. It's been three years now. We'll give God at least 22 more before you go to criticize him because Abraham trusts him for 25. And what will happen, our Ishmael will ridicule. It will make sport of the confession of our soul. Notice this, verse 10. Wherefore, she said unto Abraham, cast out this bondwoman and her son. Now remember Paul quotes this in the book of Hebrews and calls this the scripture. Isn't it amazing? Abraham was the head of the home. Oh, your brothers have started scrunching your toes now, aren't you? Well, wonder why Abraham didn't get it first. Brothers, whether or not you like it, God gave us our wives as a helpmate. That's right. Oh, sure, the man's going to be the final say. I understand all of that. But I thank God for my wife. I thank God that she's not just there to wash pans and cook and this and that and the other. How many times I've got down and discouraged and whatever more. It wasn't you. Oh, thank you for the letters and the cards and all that sort of thing. But it was her faithfulness. It was right there on Monday morning, Tuesday morning, and Wednesday morning. I thank God for a godly wife. Amen. I'd hate to think where I'd be without her today. And then notice it could be interpreted as if though that Sarah was saying this because of jealousy. 
that she was worried about the position of her son. Why didn't God give it to Abraham first? Why did not God tell Abraham, now I appear to you in a vision, I appear to you in voices and signs and this and that and the other, but instead it came from Sarah, so God can use your wives. Notice this, and Sarah says, cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son even Isaac. Now, I've quoted it to you before according to the Hurrian text, which was found many, many years ago. Found written on what is called a cuneiform, which is not a flat open book, but more of a cylinder type of thing. And according to the Hurrian text and the cuneiform, it's absolutely contrary to the law of the land. For you to reject the firstborn, even if it was by a bondsmaid. So here is Abraham doing contrary to the tradition of the land, He's doing contrary to the law of the land, but with the law of God. But that law come through what God chose to speak it through his wife. Now you imagine what the people of the land thought about when they heard that Abraham had done this. You imagine how they must have looked and so misunderstood. How can this man do this? And somebody told me that he's impact. Somebody told me that his wife was the one that told him to. And here I've had all this respect for this man. Don't you think people's changed anything to what they are now? But you know that God does things sometimes in such a way. And it'll cause the outside world to look at it and say, what in the world is going on? Now, notice this. So Sarah speaks this from her heart. Notice how Abraham reacts. And the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. Ah. You see, Sarah was not the mother of both sons, but Abraham was the father of both sons. So he had attachment to both. Feelings for both. They shared his DNA, right? So he felt more. Naturally, it could be looked at. Oh, sure, Sarah, you don't, but, but it was actually the will of God. Oh, my. Now watch how God again, God said unto Abraham, let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of thy bondwoman in all that Sarah has said unto thee. Hearken unto her voice. Wow, isn't this amazing? Now this is what gets Adam thrown out of the Garden of Eden and God tells him, because you have hearkened to the voice of your wife. So you see a wife, a woman, the girlfriend, if she's just your girlfriend in your life so far, that woman in your life can either pull you toward God or away from God. 
So what a great position that our sisters have, and I know they fight it because they think, well, I don't preach, I don't speak in tongues. How many people have I led to Christ? Have I done this? Sister, you have a great position in the economy of God. Just be what God has called you to be. It's a great thing. Now, here God throws Adam out of the Garden of Eden because partially the blame listening to his wife, and God turns right around and tells Abraham, hearken to the voice of thy wife. Isn't it strange how God does things at times? Now he said, because of this, he said, all that Sarah has said unto thee, hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Now notice the catch word here, in Isaac shall thy seed be called. He does not say that Isaac is the only seed, but in the seed of Isaac will come the calling of election. Now, Ishmael was part of the seed of Abraham, but the election of the Old Testament and the calling of the Old Testament was not in the seed of Ishmael, but it was in the calling and the election would come through the seed of Isaac. Now, back again to Galatians 4.28. Now, we brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. Amen. But as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit, even so it is now. Now, of course, during this time frame, there was not that much going on naturally between the Jews and the Arabs. It was quite a peaceful time. During this time frame, it was more so the Jews and the Romans. So Paul is not just necessarily speaking about the Jews and the Arabs, because they've had different sequence of times which they went their way, separated themselves, and the Mount Seir was given to Esau, so he went that way, they lived a peaceful life, but yet God knew that they would converge again from time to time, but in this particular era of history, they're not really going on with a great struggle. So Paul is not just addressing the Arabs versus the Jews, he's versing you versus you and himself versus himself. This is why he said, I find the law when I would do good, Ishmael is with me. How many finds that law with you every day of your life? Sure you do. So Isaac reflects the child of God, not only in his birth, but also in the joy that he brought. Now you can see why the folks want to laugh at us because we clap our hands and get happy every now and then shout a little bit and rejoice and praise God. You know, and they say, oh my, they're absolutely them people's a bunch of holy rollers. And they're crazy. They, you know, well, they're more of the Ishmael sign. They really cannot feel that joy and have that abundance. Now take them to a football game and they'll act worse than you do in church. Or take them to a soccer game or a baseball game and yet they'll run and scream and holler till they... Where you been? Baseball game. But if you come out, where you been? Church. Church. They'd say, them people's crazy, really? What's the difference between me worshiping an almighty God and you worshiping a little round white ball falling through the air? Are you worshiping a pigskin? Are you worshiping somebody with a golf club hitting another little ball? What, what's the difference? Mine will last and yours won't, I'll tell you. 
Now, so he, no doubt, Abram always, even under the title of Abram, wanted the very best for Ishmael, as we can see from the scripture that he loved him, but actually he was a source of painful trouble. After his conception, we know what happened with Hagar, and Hagar, the church natural, got elevated because she began to have members and she elevated herself in her thinking to the position to where she was going to replace the chosen wife, Sarah. No, 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 not in the mind of God. But yet it was a source of trouble and heartache and still going on to this day. But after now he matures and he's 17 years old, how much more trouble do we see? So the old nature in us is not able to produce the fruit of the spirit, no matter how hard it tries. No matter how hard you try to rehab yourself, you can go to therapy, all kinds of therapy, it'll never replace the new birth. Now, it has been well said that the old nature knows no law and the new nature needs no law. You see, the old nature will never conform. I don't care how much we try to do it. And actually, the new nature of those that are born again have it written within themselves, as God said in the book of Jeremiah, that it will come to pass that I will write my law on the tables of their hearts. Is that right? So it's not thou, thou must, thou must, thou shalt not, thou shalt, thou shalt not. Sure, we need to be told what to do, that's right. But once you're told and it's written in the very value of your soul and in your heart, you're not doing it because you're scared to death. You're not doing it because you're afraid you're gonna go to hell. I, I don't experience that. I don't experience being afraid I'm going to hell because I'm not going. I cannot go to hell with his life in me and neither can you. So therefore, my new nature does not need law. It does not operate on law, but the law of love. Galatians 4.30. Nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. So then the parallel, we'll run it for a bit now, that the parallel is Ishmael, the flesh, versus Isaac, the soul. And Isaac represents the second birth. Ishmael was born after the flesh because Abraham had not yet died. Now listen to me carefully. Abraham was still alive when he fathered Ishmael. But God let him go on a little bit farther after he passed this. Now, of course, Ishmael would have been 14 years old whenever Isaac was born. So there was 14 years by which God allowed Abraham to finally die. Listen now, he had to die. Sarah was already dead, but Abraham was not dead. I'm speaking about his ability of procreation. He still had the ability, maybe year five, year seven, year 10, maybe right on up to the very last year. And when God deemed that this man was dead, why? Isaac is going to be born, amen, in a supernatural way after the man has been dead. So it will be his birth will be a sign of a resurrection. Amen. Don't you understand that seed laying inside of you that laid there for years, maybe even decades of your life, and when the Spirit of God spoke to you, it was a resurrection of that seed life of God. 
the very same thing with Abraham. So the power of God was the only thing that could bring this in Abraham and Seth. Sarah's womb is already dead. Her heart could not be able to take the thing, the birth pain. So what did God do? We know that God changed them both. She's waiting on Abraham to die. And whenever Abraham finally reaches that spot in his life that he cannot father a child, then God says, now is my time to move. I'm convinced, brother, sister, that many times in our lives when we pray about certain things and we wonder, why don't God move? Why don't God move? We're not dead yet. We've still got the ability to do this and the ability to do that. And God wants us to run out to our end. And when we run out to our end, then perfect faith switches on and the omnipotence of God, amen, will move in where you and I cannot do. And Abraham could stand there and honestly say, God, I am dead. My virility is gone. My strength as a man, it's gone. I guess the promise is just about hopeless. Because now there's nothing I can do to help you. And I don't know how you'll do this without me, God. You need my ability, you need my strength. God, I can make money. God, I can do this. I, but when we get to a place where we say, God, I can't do nothing no more. God, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. God, I, I thought I had the end time all figured out and then COVID shows up. Now I'm totally confused. Well, God, I, I didn't know this was gonna happen and that's gonna happen. I, I, I didn't know. You know what? God ain't one big surprise by COVID-19 and if there's a 20 that comes after it or a 25, he ain't gonna be surprised about none of the rest of it. Well, praise the Lord. You and I are shocked and surprised about this and that and the other and we say, oh my, we have it figured in our mind. You might as well quit figuring it. It ain't gonna work out the way we think it will. And what does God do? God lets us get all beat out to where that our intellectual learning, our conception of what we think about this and that, all runs to a spot and we just say, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's not that we're questioning God. It's not we're questioning what we believe and where we stand. But we get to a spot where we say, I just don't know what it all means. I just don't know what lays in front of us. Then God said, now you're getting ready for me to really open myself to you. Well, I can reveal now that you've laid that aside. Oh, you imagine Abraham getting to that spot to where he must have realized it within himself, Brother Sam. He must have realized, you know what? I, I can't do it. Oh God, is the promise going to fail? Is this the end of the promise? No, it wasn't the end of the promise. It was the end of him. Praise be to God. You see, when you actually become born again, you are a miracle. That's why I say before, only the born again can really believe in the supernatural, the way the supernatural wants to express itself. When the omnipotence appears, the miraculous will appear with it. And we know that God let him run to that spot. So when Isaac is born, he's born after the spirit. So he's a son of the promise. But Brother Donnie, didn't God use Abraham's body not exactly. You see, whenever he ran out to that end that he was an old man, Abraham actually died in the sense to the image of the old man. So one night him and Sarah go to bed. They say their prayers. 
They kiss one another goodnight. They pull the tent flaps. And they wake up the next morning new creatures. So he was a young man and she was a young woman. His strength as a man had been restored. He's not going to father that child under the image of the old man. What happened? The old man was dead. Oh, glory to God. The old man, the image, you know, having a long beard and long white hair, if he had any hair left, and, and Sarah wrinkled and all crippled up and couldn't move about. But the image of that old man no longer existed. The old man was dead. I'd like to have been there that day when Abraham and Sarah walked out of that tent, wouldn't you? And the servants is out there getting breakfast ready and doing this and that and the other. And glory to God, out of that tent walks a young man and a young woman and they're standing down looking at them and Abraham's saying, don't you recognize me? Don't you recognize, oh glory to God. Oh my brother, sister on the rapture morning, it might be your departed wife, it might be your departed husband. No doubt, sister Judy, brother Junior will step in your house, hallelujah, as a young man glory be to God we will know who they are then we will be changed because our change will follow their change hallelujah we will not bring for Christ the resurrection in this old man hallelujah hallelujah Glory be to God. Friends, I don't want just the blessings of God. I don't want just material. Oh, God's blessed me. God's blessed me. That, that's, that's good. The Bible tells us that Sarah died and Abraham buried her. He takes another woman by the name of Keturah. She has sons and daughters. But the Bible tells us that Abraham gave gifts unto all the rest of his children. But he gave all that he had unto Isaac. I don't want just gifts, Brother Joel. I don't want just speaking in tongues and shouting. I want the giver. Gifts are good, but I want the giver. Please don't think I'm selfish this morning. I want all that he has. All that he has for me is what I'm saying. I don't want your part now. I want all that he has. I don't want just a gift. But Joe, I don't want just a temporary something. I'll say, oh, hallelujah, Abraham gave me this. Hallelujah, Abraham gave me that. I want Abraham. I want Abraham. I want to be his heir. I want my name to be as good on the bottom of the check as his is. Why? Because God in the type foreshowing, that would come run right on down through time. A church natural. They would get gifts. They would have large followings. They would have ministries, this, that, and the other. But God said, I've got a bride, and she brings me laughter. She brings me joy. She brings me a reason to exist.
Oh, but you see, our Ishmael still persecutes our Isaac. Mondays is one of my Ishmael's favorite days. Because after I preached on Sunday and brought to you what the Lord gave me, and then my Ishmael will say, do you really believe what you told them? Do you think any of them there even believe what you said? Do you think they're just believing that and swallowing it down because it's in the Bible and in the message? Oh, and it's not your Ishmael, but it's mine. Oh, I know some of you want to act like you got the Holy Ghost in your soul and in your body and in your spirit. I'm sorry, it's contrary to the word. You see, you're wanting to bring forth Isaac in the image of this old man. Many of us have wasted years of our life trying to bring forth the perfection out of this old man. Not perfection, friends, subjection. Watch this in Romans 6, 12. Let not sin therefore reign. The Greek word is basilios, which is to be king, have dominion over. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. So he's speaking to a person inside this person. And he's actually separating the person from the body. Read it with me. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. So he ain't calling your mortal body you, but he's calling the mortal body yours. Hallelujah, you are not your mortal body, but you have the power to stop the dominion from reigning in your mortal body. That's why the prophet said, turn your head. Don't do this, don't do that. What is that? That's you, by the authority of King Jesus, usurping power over Ishmael. Oh, hallelujah. Now remember, look at the word Ishmael and the way that it's spelled. Look at the last two letters of his name. What does the name Ishmael mean? God hears. So it wasn't like that he was named, you know, after some heathen God. He wasn't named after some heathen religion, but he actually had a portion of the name of God in his name. So your flesh can be religious. Uh It just ain't saved. Well, praise the Lord, it can be as religious as it can be. This is where we get a lot of our, I feel led. I feel led to do this, and I feel led to do that, and I feel led. Uh Uh-huh, that's Ishmael, E-L. God hears, E-L, God. So your old flesh, it can turn just like that. Oh, it can get so religious. But it still ain't saved. Notice this, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that ye, which is apparently another person, should obey it in the lust thereof. Who are we talking about? Ishmael and Isaac. Now who's the oldest? Who's the firstborn? Ishmael. Born July the 9th, 1956. So he likes to tell the younger one who's who and what's what. And he wants to usurp his age. Well, I've been around longer than you have. I know more of this and that and the other. 
well, I believe and I think and I've always believed, so that's the older brother talking, is it? I've always believed and I've always felt like you might ought to let the other one speak because he is the one with the birthright. Now, let not sin therefore reign or let it be you be a slave and it be your slave master. Neither yield ye your members. Again, watch him, he's separating you from your body. So there's another person inside this body and he simply takes that identity away that this person here is the master. But he makes ye the master. And this body is nothing but members or instruments by which ye tell it what to do and where to go. Neither yield ye your members. Your members don't control your soul. God wants your soul to control your members. Amen. Neither yield ye your instruments as instruments of unrighteousness and sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those, glory, as those that are alive from the dead. So the work of Abraham in the spiritual sense God has a resurrection already inside of you. And the resurrection brings the dead part subject to the new life. And the church said, notice this in verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. This I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the love. You mean a Christian? can still feel the lust of the flesh? I'll turn my back and y'all be honest. How many of y'all experience that? Mm-hmm. Ishmael and Isaac. Welcome to the family of Abraham. But there is a key. The key is, what's this? Walk. Walk. So it's not just getting the Spirit. Well, I received the Holy Ghost. That's wonderful. But you've got to walk in it. Now, your walk is your behavior, your day to day behavior, what you feed on, what you listen to. Well, praise the Lord. Walk in the Spirit. This verse is so simple yet so powerful and so neglected by so many. This I say then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But what will happen if you don't walk in the Spirit? You will find yourself yielding to things you should not yield to. Well, you say, bless God, it's a sign they ain't got the Holy Ghost. That's not what Paul said. Paul said, you've got to walk in what you've got. In other words, you've got to allow the king from the throne room in your soul to have such dominion over you that when Satan throws temptation in front of you, you say, Satan, get behind me. It is written in the word. But if you know you've been feeding more on Disney than on the word, and you've been feeding more on movies instead of the word, and you feed on this sports and that sports and politics and this and that and the other, and you're as weak as I don't 
don't know what, and the devil hits you, you ain't gonna have no power to be able to resist it. Because the power must come from within you. It cannot be your body. It cannot be your spirit. It cannot be your pastor praying for you. I cannot overcome for you. The preachers can overcome for you. You've got to do it from within your own soul. When Jesus is king. This I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For Ishmael lusteth against Isaac and Isaac against Ishmael. And these are contrary one to the other so that you cannot do the things you would. Well, you're a mess, you know what? I'll say with you, we all are. Now, before you got saved, there was a whole lot more unity about you than what there are now. Spirit, soul, and body, you was wide open for the devil. God saved you, filled you with the Holy Ghost. Now your spirit sometimes is on the word and sometimes it's off. Most of the time your flesh is off the word, occasionally it gets on there. So here you are, you're in a world all your law alone. Some of y'all hate quarantine. Listen, you've been quarantined since you got the Holy Ghost. Your soul has been quarantined away from your spirit and your body. And both of them are trying to infect you, not with COVID-19, but sin. And God said, don't you do it. Stay away. Stay away. Walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But the bad part about it is if you come to church, you got to bring both them guys with you. Now your spirit has imagination, conscience, memory, reason, and affection. Thank God we have it. You're outside of see, taste, feel, smell, and hear, right? You've heard me preach it years ago that there was a practice in the ancient days that when a king would take prisoners, one of the ones that made it famous, it was a king by the name of Mesenteus. And this man in punishment he would actually tie, say, me and Brother Jim were fighting together, and Brother Bud, we're fighting together in the war, and Mesenteus conquered us. Well, say, Brother Bud was the only one who survived. He might tie my dead body to Brother Bud, chain it. Wherever he went, he had to tote my dead body with him. When he ate, my dead body was laying at his feet. When he laid down at night, my dead body was laying there. It was a form of punishment. It was there until the body went through the stage of mortification. Then if it naturally, the arm rotted off and the chain that was chained to your leg and this dead man's arm, and when it come off naturally, you would be free. Can you imagine toting a dead man around every time you go somewhere? You shouldn't have to imagine too hard because that's what you do. Paul was chained. We know that they gave him several years of freedom in Rome. Actually gave him what we would call an apartment. And the saints were able to come and visit Paul and have church. The stipulation was there was a Roman guard with him at all times. You imagine him standing up in the pulpit preaching. He'd raise his hands, hallelujah. That Roman guard standing there by him, he didn't have to, that old Roman guard said, I don't want to raise my hand. Get your hand up. This is my turf. 
Them saints come to him for prayer. Hallelujah. That Roman guard standing there. They'd come to have communion. This is really what I'd like to see when Paul got all alone and started getting in the spirit and started praying in another language. That old Roman guard sitting there holding his peace. Why? He was shackled to him. He was shackled to him. Oh my. Friends, your guard. Oh, think of it. Your guard is not visible, but it's here today. I'm going to share. I don't feel like it. I'm tired. I got a headache. I sprang my back yesterday. I done this, that, the other. That old guard of yours, when you come to the house of God, he'll come in there and say, don't clap your hands. Don't get up there. Why the music is too loud today? I never did like that song. They know I don't like that song. Why they, your guard is talking to you. But we love our guard so much that it's hard for us to differentiate between the soul and the flesh. Let's stand. It's time. Let's, let's stand. <laughs> oh, my. So what do you think, Sarah? Should we say, cast out the bond woman and her son? But in our instance, it's more like this. Bring this subject, Lord. Bring this subject. It's really pitiful in one sense. I can't read the message without using both guards. I go downstairs and I sit down, I get my laptop, turn it on, open up where I left off this morning for coming to church, as I'll do after a while. And whenever I do, I get to use this guard. I'll reach over and push that power button. Right. Now, it comes from my spirit, imagination, conscience, memory, reason, affection. If my spirit leaves me, I'll be insane. Yeah. If I go out of my body, I can't touch. So here I am, a freeborn son in my soul. And I'm held captive in these two outer realms. And I have to have it. I have to have them. Yeah. Wednesday, I busted my phone. So Wednesday evening, Wednesday night, Thursday, Thursday night, I was without a cell phone. Hallelujah. <laughs> but then I kept thinking, because I could get texts and I could get emails and all that, but my screen was busted so I couldn't see who it was. I kept thinking, I hope nobody ain't sick. I hope nobody, you know, oh my goodness. I get a text from that brother. He'll get mad if I don't answer him. Oh my goodness. I think it created more, more stuff for me than if I'd had the thing. But I told Carol, I said, you know, it's, it's a necessary evil, I guess. Our lives have become so attached to them. And they make life easier, but more complicated. And it's the same with our bodies and our spirits. We have to have them. I have to have them to make contact. Can you imagine me preaching this morning without a body? Have y'all wouldn't be. You'd been scared to death. You'd been gone whenever this microphone walked out hanging in midair. You'd, you'd cleared out this place. So what do we do? We walk in the Spirit. And we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And one morning we'll get up. 
And it'll be our last morning to be immortal. And the prophet said, you're standing there, and all of a sudden, someone comes in the room. Well, there's mama. There's daddy. And he said, you know, it won't be long. You're going to be changed. I'll tell you one thing. I've buried so many. It'll take a while for me to get through all the ones I'm going to see that day. I remember them. Oh, yeah, I remember them. I long to see them. I long to see them. So what about it, Ishmael? What about it, Isaac? Which one of you is going to be king? Ishmael brings pain, contention from his conception, nothing but headaches and troubles. Isaac, even before he was born, they started laughing about him. (laughs) We're going to have a son. (laughs) Think of it. We're going to have a son. And before Ishmael ever come to the earth, he was a product of contention. May God help us. Sure. Feed your Ishmael. Take care of it. Oh, yeah. Vitamin D helps it. Take them. Vitamin C, absolutely take them. Do what you can to make it easier in life, as long as you're living in this old pest house. But know that Ishmael is not the heir. But Isaac gets everything. And it's only because of your Isaac that Ishmael can be changed. One day if my body can speak back to my soul, it will thank me. And so will yours. I may like to be remembered today as we pray. Let's bow our heads if you would, those of you that are out streaming today. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, through simple stories and parallels that you've run, Lord, down through the ages, we're able to see a story that comes clear. We know that when you were here, you could have chose such great words to speak to the people, yet you chose parables. And the scripture says without a parable, you didn't speak to them. But Father, we're so thankful today that you have opened up your word. God, we're privileged to not only live in a milk day, but a meat day. For Lord Jesus, we are eagles, and eagles eat meat from the time they are born. Hallelujah. So our soul longs for the great, wonderful things of God. Lord Jesus, may you help us. All of us can bring our O Ishmael subject to the Word of God. We know the way this is possible, Father, is because you chose to become us. You become me so that you might make me you. Hallelujah. I thank you for that, Father that you emptied out all that you were. You, the firstborn of God, become the firstborn of Mary, that you might give me a birth, which would make me also the firstborn of the Word. 
So we're not great, 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 great grandchildren. We're children. First generation. Firstborn children. Thank you for that, Lord. We just pray you'd forgive us for living beneath our privileges as your children. Help us, Lord God, that we can walk in the Spirit. All the sisters still have to take care of their children and make the beds and make pies and fix supper. And brothers got to get out and make a living. But Lord, would you reveal it to us, Father, that there's a way that we can learn to have that walk with you every day of our life. We don't have to have it just on Sunday alone or on church days. Help these sisters to understand, Lord, when they're putting together chicken and they're making rice and fixing bread and all that they're doing, they can have that time with you. Prayer and fellowship. Lord, may the brothers help them to see that they can have a time of fellowship, not just they lay down at bed at night and five minutes before they go to sleep. Thank you for what you mean to us, Lord. Thank you for this. Lord, I need that. Lord, I need that. Amen. And they're gone. But help us to realize all during the day, if it's 30 seconds here, 45 seconds there, a minute here, two minutes there, just a small increment of time, you'll take it. You'll take it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Father. We bless your name here today, O God. You are worthy, Lord. Help us to see, Father, because we feel that war, because we still battle that old enemy, the flesh. Help us to see it. Don't mean we don't have the Holy Ghost. Lord, it simply means we're obeying what Romans 6 says and Romans 7. This is Romans 6, which leads right up to Romans 7. Help us, Lord God. We love you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father God. We worship you, Lord, with all of our hearts, God. If you become us, then it ought to be everything that we long for to become like you, that your image can be reflected in us. Lord, then help us to realize we can never produce Christ in the image of the old man. But the old man must die. We worship you, Jesus. Can we just raise our hands, friends, in the presence of God? Oh, sure, you've got to access Ishmael. Ishmael might say, I'm tired. You worked hard yesterday. I'm tired. Yeah, that's Ishmael. Your spirit say, well, when's he going to hurry? Let's hurry and go home. I've got to go here and go there. Yeah, that's Ishmael. Let's let Isaac, the son of laughter, the son of the resurrection, The son not under the image of the old man, but the son under the image of the new man. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, blessed God. Hallelujah. We have experienced the miraculous new birth in our soul. We believe one day our bodies will experience a new birth as well. Praise the Lord Jesus, the same miraculous power that changed our soul will move from our soul outward and the new birth will come from our body from within. The power of God will come from within us and force our bones, our tissues, our muscles, our hair, our eyes, every speck of our mortality to be changed. Because if it ain't happened in our soul, it will not happen in our body. But if it has happened in our soul, it will bleed out. 
into our body. Oh, Jesus, we worship you, Lord. I'm sorry that my Ishmael has brought pain. I'm sorry that my Ishmael has broken your heart. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord, for all the mistakes I've made in life. Forgive me, Father. I'm a prisoner. Mesenteus never tied me to this, but it was my natural birth. I'm still tied to him. If I pray, I've got to have him. If I read, I've got to have him. If I go to church, I've got to have him. It was my body, my spirit that brought me to church today. If I worship you, I've got to have him. I've got to have hands, so I have to borrow these from Ishmael. Oh, how I long for the day when Isaac will be the full image that people will see. Praise be to God. Lord, we're around one another and we, we see the Isaac and we see the Ishmael. Oh yeah, it's still there, the human element. But how we long for the day when all that we'll see will be Isaac through and through. Praise be to God. I worship you, Jesus. Hey, let's, let's sing a little something together. Can we just worship him, children? Don't you appreciate God's grace and God's mercy to you? Don't be discouraged. Don't be disheartened. The same one that has begun or started this work in you will perform it or fulfill it to the day of Christ. We long, we hunger, we thirst to be clothed upon with our Isaac, which is from heaven, our new body. Oh, Jesus. Bless your name, Lord. Bless your name, Lord Jesus. Bless your name, Lord Jesus. Become I worship you, my God. Let's worship him, saints.
the Lord. Amen. You are awesome in this place, mighty God. You are awesome in this place, Abba Father. service here Wednesday night, the Lord willing, we'll be back. Uh, let me just make this uh, quick announcement. Brother Fred Perry, as you know, lost his sweet little grandmother 
Uh, they'll be having her viewing and funeral tomorrow evening at Garrett's Funeral Home in Damascus, Virginia. Visiting hours will be 6 to 8, and then the service. So I know that's about an hour, a little over an hour's distance from here to there. But if you could go by and just pay them a visit, I, I'm certain it would be very much appreciated. We're going to miss that little lady. She was, she was a sweetheart. So let's keep them in our prayers and our thoughts as, as we go into this week. May God bless you. Let's just sing a little bit more of that, brethren. If you want to come, be getting ready to dismiss the congregation. We'll just look to see you again, Lord willing, on Wednesday night. You are awesome in this place, mighty God. You're awesome in this place, Abba Father.